0: Hello and welcome to the birth stories podcast. I'm your host, Chase. This is a place where women share their unique pregnancy journeys, birth stories and postpartum experiences. We hope to help educate future mothers and allow them to have a safe and positive experience. So since birthing my daughter and becoming a mum, I believe sharing our experiences helps us process them as well as educates parents to be on what may lie ahead. So due to the topics that we're discussing, please do be mindful around little ears. Now onto the show. Hello everyone, thank you so much for coming back for another episode. This week, I got to speak to Nicole about her experience with her son Oakley. After a few confusing appointments throughout her pregnancy, she was admitted to hospital at 29 weeks with HELP syndrome. This is a life-threatening pregnancy condition that can only be solved by giving birth to a baby. This fall led to having him at 29 weeks and resulted in a nine week with NICU stay. Nicole takes us through the emotions and heartbreak involved in this and finally reaching the best day of her life when she got to take her son home. Enjoy. Hi Nicole, thank you so Hi. much for coming on today. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for um, giving me an hour of your Sunday morning, it's much appreciated. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Oh good, I'm so hard. <laughs> Um So do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and your family and tell us a bit about yourself?
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm Nicole, I'm 27. Um, I live with my partner Lewis, who we've been together for eight years now not married not engaged yet um and yet and we have a little boy who's seven months old and we also have a dog who's six who is the craziest dog you'll ever meet
0: so cute yeah that's
1: Uh, oakley and aspen
0: which one's which
1: Oh, Oakley's, <laughs> Oakley's the baby, Aspen's the dog. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Correct, I, just I can make that. sure I call him by his right name. That is so yeah,
0: bloody. it's a little boy, Oakley. Yeah. <laughs> so sweet. Bless you. How's having um, a newborn and a dog? Crazy. Yeah, I bet I haven't got a dog. And I oh. did have thought now, we've always wanted one. And I'm like, maybe I'll wait a few years. Wait a few years, because I do have
1: moments where I do think the dog is hard work sometimes. Mm. um especially my dog you know she's crazy she's not she's not a chilled out dog um Graceful. so she is like having a child so yeah. it's like <laughs> having two babies like yeah, he's I... he's so chilled out compared to the dog he's <laughs> <It's> easy <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: them. cool and so um did you were you trying to fall pregnant when you did or was it a pleasant surprise or um we were trying uh but So the backstory
1: is, like, we never really were that fussed. I Mm -hmm. don't know if that's the right term to use. About having kids. Like, we were just sort of like, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it's not the end of the world for us. Um, So we sort of came to the conclusion where, okay, maybe we'll start trying. Um, And also, we only, we sort of only ever imagined ourselves having one okay um that was kind of like okay if we do have kids it it probably will only be one you never know what happens later down the line but we just sort of saw ourselves as a very small unit um so yeah so we were trying um and fortunately enough it happened pretty quick to be honest
0: so good and were you sort of tracking your periods did you what, what prompted you to take a test
1: so I was tracking my ovulation. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a control freak, so I like me to know <laughs> sort of when what happens when. So um, yeah, I was tracking my ovulation, but what I'd found was I actually ovulate like a week later than. So do I normal? Yeah. So I mm-hmm. was, and it was around. Do you know, it's funny because people listening to this that know me are going to be like, "Oh my god!" It was around Christmas, and I was hosting Christmas. And my app was telling me that I ovulated just before Christmas. So -hmm. you've got the stress of hosting Christmas also being like. We need to have sex. (laughs) I want to have a baby. Um, And then when when you're doing like ovulation tests and
0: nothing was happening. Hmm. You don't think of my not ovulating at all. Yeah. I was exactly the same.
1: Yeah. So I had this whole sort of
0: big stress
1: around it to be honest Mm -hmm. and my partner was like you know what it's Christmas forget about it which isn't the right thing to say to me because I can't forget about anything and then um, you know we'll pick it up in a couple of days if it doesn't happen this month it'll happen next month or you know keep going he's very patient and I am the most impatient person ever Mm. so and then randomly I had one left and I took it a couple of days after Christmas and it said I was ovulating and I was a bit like, my app told me I ovulated a week ago.
0: Yeah,
1: that this is really sort of confusing. Yeah, like I thought it was. I thought it was wrong. Mm. Um, and then yeah, like luckily enough, we fell pregnant straight away, which was another thing I couldn't believe. Um, but we were also really sick between Christmas and New Year. We oh both no. had the flu. So I was just adamant. I'm not pregnant. Like it didn't happen. Mm. Okay, we'll move on. Um, And then one night, I just couldn't sleep. Um, I don't know, I just...
0: The old pregnancy insomnia.
1: (laughs) I just, yeah, I just could not sleep. Um, And I randomly took a test at five o'clock in the morning.
0: (gasps) Did he come straight away? Yeah. Oh my
1: God, so good. I didn't believe it, so I took like four. And then I remember (laughs) waking him up at like five in the morning, like, it says I'm pregnant he was like shut up like, go back to sleep He was like you're joking I was like no no here you go he had to turn all the lights on to like ha- actually have a look at it because he didn't believe me inspect it yeah
0: yeah but... that's so funny What's yeah so, good so... It so quick
1: I know I think also like I think because I mean I don't know if anyone else can relate to this but unless you start trying you don't you don't know no idea if, Especially, like, if you don't know you have any sort of health conditions. Like, mm-hmm. I, on paper, I'm... Fitting healthy. healthy. Yeah. yeah. So I was just always sort of like, oh... 100%. Can I
0: have, can I have a babies? Yeah. So true. Um, I think that is... Yeah with the apps I thought it was just gospel I mean when I think about it now I'm like obviously they're not right (laughs) like it's just an estimate because we had been trying for a year and going by this app and nothing had happened and then after about a year and maybe a year and a half of trying I got an ovulation test I don't know why it took me so long to get them um and the exact same thing happened. I was ovulating really, really late. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, we've just been doing it at the wrong time this whole time. Yeah. And that was the month we fell pregnant. So it's just yeah. it's just
1: crazy. PSA, yeah. Get
0: ovulations.
1: tests. <laughs> don't trust apps. Like, also, I was finding my cycle was really hit and miss every single month. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of days of, like, the length. So I sort of was just a bit like, how can this tell me? Yeah, when it's exactly gonna happen.
0: Yeah. so true.
1: And yeah, if it wasn't for that random day, I just took one because I had one left and I was like, right, mm-hmm. might as well just use it. Because I had the, um, you know, like the clear blue ones where you put the little bits. I have seen, I haven't used them, but I, have, I know what so you I mean. So I think you get like eight in a pack or something and I had just yeah. had one left. So next month I would have had to have bought more anyway. Mm-hmm. So I just used it. that's it handy then, then. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then obviously it popped up. i so I good. I was going
0: to say, was so confused. Yeah, no, it is um, very bizarre. I don't know why I trusted it, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your first trimester? Did you feel any sort of pregnancy symptoms?
1: I was just really bloated and I felt quite sick and I did go off a lot of food. I've never mm. eaten so much toast in all my life.
0: Yeah, um,
1: which Yeah, which I didn't really eat a lot of bread and toast before. Mm-hmm. um and I pretty much lived off of toast for a couple of weeks yeah, um, and then I sort of would go through cycles so like one week I'd go off food the next week I could I'd want to eat everything in sight um but I know I was pretty lucky and we always actually on holiday bang smack in the middle I, I think I was about eight or nine weeks maybe maybe ten can't remember um it's and I just goal. remember when I was there, I, I couldn't stop eating. And it was good realistic. At least so I
0: was like, That's ideal. Yeah, money's worth. Bless you. Um, that is really good.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, I think on paper, like, I I was really lucky. Good. Yeah, With our daughter really body
0: sick. we... Um fell pregnant and then the month after we got the test and we were going to Canada for my partner's 30th birthday trip. Oh wow. I'd been saving for like nearly two years and the whole time I felt like crap. And I literally couldn't eat. All I did was sleep the whole time. Like my yeah. poor partner, he was just like, "Yeah, I mean, it was great." Chase was just sleeping all the time. But I, I think it helped. Can you? No, you
1: can't. But I do think it helped being an all-inclusive for two weeks. I mean, what was I supposed yeah, to do I like than know, sleep on the yeah, layers? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's amazing. pretty much all I did. But other than that, I, I was
0: pretty. I was quite lucky. Oh, good. And then, so how did the rest of your pregnancy progress? So we had a bit of um,
1: hiccups at every sort of scan. So when we went for, um, no, we went for a scan at like six weeks, just mm-hmm. to do
0: of those sure early scans. scan.
1: Yeah, and when we got there, now because of my dates and the ovulating late, when I got there and they scanned, the woman said, "Okay, your dates are either five days out, or you've had a miscarriage." Yeah, we but we can't do anything at this moment because it was still too early for a heartbeat. So they were sort they were really unsure, but because of the whole date thing and I knew I was tracking my ovulation. Yeah. I was going to say, did that make you feel more positive? Yeah. Knowing that, but so they said you are five days behind what you were saying. And I was sort of was in the mindset of, well, I know pretty much what
0: my dates. Yeah.
1: Because I was tracking my ovulation. So it was, in my mind, it was, okay, I'm having a miscarriage.
0: Oh, gosh. Like, it was... Oh, so I didn't sorry, know... she, they were, she was five days behind the dates that you thought, not even your yeah. period dates. No, the dates that oh, I thought. Oh, God. So that was at,
1: like, six weeks, and... Oh, that's so heartbreaking. Yeah, it was a bit... I didn't really know what to think at this point. Like, I, I didn't yeah. really process it, but it's just... All of my scans, there ended up being something that came yeah. out of it. So that was the first one. We couldn't have a scan for two weeks. And at that point, we was on holiday. So I said, okay, forget about Just it. No, it's two weeks of your life, I bet. Yeah, it was. And then when we got back, was it when we got back? Yeah, when we got back, I had, what was it beforehand? So Honestly, I can't remember. No, it was before. Beforehand, I had my eight-week check with the midwife. yes. And I explained to her, and she was like, okay, I'll take your bloods. I think they can tell. Yeah, by your HCG level. Yeah. It's risen so she,
0: correctly. then. then yeah, you so know.
1: she sort of said, I'll take your bloods. You know, if anything's wrong, I'll call you. If you don't hear from me, no news is good news, basically. No. Mm-hmm. And she didn't call me, so that gave me a lot of reassurance. Oh, good. Um, and then at my 12-week scan, which was shortly after we got back from holiday, um went to a 12-week scan and it was the same thing they said your dates are wrong like you're about a week behind um it was they were saying I was about 11 weeks they said you need to come back in two weeks because the baby's too small to measure
0: but you had progressed so yeah like but, well, the baby was growing the, the baby were, was they growing were still but concerned
1: yeah they just were really confused on That's the date so scary thing. and when I kept saying to them like I ovulate really late yeah um and and sort of these sorts of things they I think they kept going off the date of my last period
0: yeah they, I bet the they date. did and they were just yeah. like that's what they can go off rather than yeah. what we tell them I was exactly the same and with the baby I'm pregnant now and with we went to a scan what I thought was ideally around because I didn't actually know I was ovulating it's a total surprise this baby but when we got there, against my period days, I was a week behind and it was too early to find a heartbeat. And if I hadn't known that I ovulate really late, I think I'd have been really worried. But I said yeah. to my partner and he agreed. He was like, we know you ovulate late. Like, let's not yeah. worry. So we were so I exactly think the same.
1: If that was my second time, I think I would have been a bit more
0: understanding yeah, that. Because it definitely. was my first time, I had no you idea. I don't
1: know. No, 100%. No. So... Went for the 12-week scan, same thing, your dates are wrong, baby's measuring small, come back in two weeks because I think they have to wait two weeks before each scan. Mm -hmm. So I went back at 14 weeks and they sort of said, no, baby's fine, everything's measuring fine and the due date they gave me was five days after, which was
0: what I was correct. Makes sense, yeah, exactly. So
1: I think the due date they gave me was the 21st of September And the Mm -hmm. due date I was going off from my dates, I think, was the 23rd or the 22nd. Okay. So I was pretty spot
0: on. Yeah, love it. Um, Mum's alright. right. uh, (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So up until then, and then after that, it was pretty feeling right. I bet that was just
0: such a relief leaving that appointment. Like, oh, thank God, everything's fine. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it was. And then because I felt pretty okay, Mm -hmm. I started to get my energy back. That was the one thing I really struggled with was fatigue. Yeah, it's tough. I've never, yeah, it's really tough. Um, Especially when you're working and... I'm quite so grateful hard. I work from home quite a lot. Yeah, amazing. So that definitely helps. You know, I was napping in my lunch breaks. Yeah. I wasn't waking up till pretty much 8.59. Bang, <laughs> i <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much, like, I was just sleeping when I could.
0: Yeah, and that, that is the benefit
1: really... of it, 100% working from um, home. And then at my 20-week scan... So up until all of this point, everything was fine. And then at my 20 week scan, there was a really big confusion because they gave me a report that said, um, we've determined that you're at a high risk of developing preeclampsia. But on the report, it said your ranges are within normal. Therefore, you're at a risk of preeclampsia. And what, what but, was that based on? Like your Something to do with the blood flow to the placenta on the twenty week scan. Okay. But on the report it contradicted what it said. Right. Because it said my ranges were normal, but I'm at high risk of preeclampsia. So there That's was so this confusing. whole confusing. Yeah, there was this big miss sort of understanding, well, is she at a risk? Is she not? What have they seen mm. to put that on the Just scan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, but I ended up um, going to my midwife two weeks later and explaining. She got another doctor to look at the scans, and they said, "No, you're not at high risk of preeclampsia." Oh my God! And just did you had you know did you know much about preeclampsia? At yeah, the time? so was, yeah, so because my mum had it with me, um, I was born at 36 weeks. Okay. I was sort of um, in the hospital for ten days. Yeah, so I was. So I was fully aware of preeclampsia just because my mum had had it. But because my blood pressure was fine at my first midwife appointment, at eight weeks, um, they determined that I wasn't classed a high risk, even though my mum had had it. Mm -hmm. I think you have to have a sort of fall into... Yeah, a number of different things. Yeah, but because my blood pressure was fine,
0: they didn't deem me a high risk. And just for the listeners who might not know, can you just give like a brief explanation of what preeclampsia is? Please? As far as I'm aware, it's
1: something to do with the blood flow from the placenta to the baby, mm-hmm. I think, um, and like your typical symptoms are swelling, high blood pressure um yeah it can be
0: it can be super dangerous for mum as well can't it yeah and
1: like protein in your urine which is why they test your blood pressure and your protein in your urine at all your midwife appointments because it is yeah exactly and the only way to sort of cure preeclampsia is deliver the baby they have to take the placenta out so that's why they're sort of really hot on it because there isn't anything they can do they just monitor you um so at 20 weeks Mm. Did Had the doctor seen something? Had they not? We didn't really know. Um, mm-hmm. But the when the midwife, I spoke to the midwife, she was like, I'm going to investigate it. I'm going to get someone else to check. This other lady checked and she called me and said, no, all your scans fine. Um, and something I also noticed on this report was it said my placenta was posterior, but I knew I had an anterior placenta. Oh my god! That doesn't—that doesn't change, you know. Your placenta doesn't move. No. And I said to the woman, not that drastically, placenta, anyway. <laughs> I said to her, "Is my placenta still posterior? Because I've always been under the impression and been told that it's anterior." And she said, "Yep, yeah, no, it's still posterior." So I sort of—I didn't have much. Reassurance trust
0: that either in what they're no, telling me trust. is right no. because you're getting things no. wrong that are very quite simple to tell as well where the presenter yeah. is. So I sort of was doubting yeah, so myself. Concerning. Have
1: all my other scans like have I just been misunderstood? Mm. Yeah, but I sort of I'd had a quite a few scans at this point and they'd all been anterior. So I sort of didn't really trust what they were saying. No, I, I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. Um But other than that. Everything was fine. Like I, I was fine. You
0: felt fine yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. And because I'd had, knew I had an anterior placenta. Like, um, you know, they ask, have you been feeling the baby move? Yeah. Um, so I was fully aware that you know you wouldn't feel it till later, but also because it was my first pregnancy, I didn't really know what, what to compare it to. Would, no, I didn't know what it would feel like. So mm. I don't think I actually felt the baby until. I think it was about 25 26 weeks
0: mm-hmm. it was quite yeah, my late. friend's pregnant at the moment and she's got anterior placenta I had one as well but I was really lucky I could feel everything um but yeah I think she she can't feel much and I think it can be quite scary because online it says this is how many kicks they should do a day yeah but I, and I said to her it's don't base it on that it's just how no. you feel sort of what's normal for your baby and just focus on that and if it's not they're not doing what they usually do then maybe go and have a look
1: yeah I know my midwife appointments you know they would check the heartbeat and everything sounded fine so and I definitely didn't feel like I knew something was going on with my body Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
1: so I knew I was pregnant I knew there was a baby in there yeah just I
0: couldn't feel them bless you and so then when did you get to a stage like what what was the next step in highlighting that okay maybe something is of concern so I went to my 28 week midwife
1: appointment and it was in June last year and do you remember it was really hot yeah for like a few days so my ankles started to swell but everyone was sort of just brushing it off as oh it's the weather you know you're starting to get to your third trimester you're going to start to swell which okay understandable and also you know if people looked at my ankles they didn't think they were swollen but mm-hmm. I knew my body I was like these are slightly swollen yeah but it wasn't bad and I actually had a different midwife um my midwife was on holiday at my 28 week appointment so I had a new midwife who I and had had you had the same one the whole time yeah so far oh yeah, brilliant yeah yeah which was really really good yeah she was lovely um so I had a new midwife and she was really really experienced i think she said she'd retired but she was she was covering
0: mm-hmm.
1: at the time and then there was yeah. also like a trainee midwife there so there was two of them and i sort of explained to her you know my feet are slightly swollen um but you know it might just be the weather and she said mm, okay could be and when i first got there um they took my blood pressure and it was slightly high but she was saying to me you know you're having a blood test do you like blood tests and one thing about me is I hate blood tests. Like I oh, passed so maybe out before. maybe that's why it was high. Yeah. So she said, "Okay, we'll take your blood because it was the um, glu f- the for the gestational diabetes." Okay. I didn't have to do a drink. They just took my blood. I oh, okay. then. blood. So and I was quite nervous about that. Um. So she took my bloods. Was all fine, and then she said, "Okay, sit down for five minutes, and I'll take your blood pressure again." Okay. She took my blood pressure and it was high again. I think it was like 150 over 88 or something. Um and it should be 120 over 70, I think. Right. Okay. So it was it was it was high. Yeah. And she said, "Okay, um because you said your feet are swollen and your blood pressure's high, you've got no protein in your urine. I'm going to send you to triage anyway." Okay. And Funny enough, me and my partner both had the day off that day because we were gonna go shopping for baby. Oh, that's handy. So <laughs> I called him. I called him like, um, you know, get dressed, we need to go to the hospital. So good that she just had so, that feeling, it was that like, I'm just gonna just in case. Yeah, she she just sort of said, just in case. So I went to the hospital to triage, got there. Um they basically take your blood pressure every fifteen minutes and they do it um three times Mm -hmm. just to see what's going on, you know, is it a fluke or or whatnot? Because obviously when you get up, your blood pressure goes up and Mm -hmm. the stress and everything. So they basically took three and took an average. She also took bloods, took more urine. Urine was fine, bloods were fine, um, but my blood pressure was a bit high still. So they started me on medication Um. They gave me the medication and they sort of waited for that to sort of kick in. Took my blood pressure. At the hospital. It went down.
0: Got you. Okay. Yeah, at the
1: hospital. So they said, you know, here's your blood pressure medication. Come back in three days. So this was on the Tuesday. They said, come back Friday just to check your blood pressure again. Just to check that the dosage is correct. Yeah, and it's managing and it. And also your urine because I explained to them that my mum had preeclampsia and straight away everyone was like, are you taking aspirin? Red flag, yeah. Yeah. And I said, no, never been told to take aspirin. And they were also all a bit, "Mm, okay, maybe you should be taking aspirin. Mm -hmm. So anyway, went on the Friday, checked my blood pressure again. Um, It was still high. So they just upped my dose again. And at this point I was on, originally I was on 100 milligrams three times a day. They upped it to two hundred milligrams four times a day, and is that how they would usually manage preeclampsia? I don't know. I think so. I okay. think they do. They start you on medication.
0: Yeah, and um, so go I can from there help because push it down.
1: Yeah, just keep your your, your, uh, your blood pressure down. Yeah. Um. So on the Friday, they sent me home with more medication, and at this point, they said come back Sunday. Right. Okay. Um. Because the dosage was quite high. So they said, come back Sunday, we'll quickly check your blood pressure again. Um, they didn't take bloods again, but they said they'll take bloods again on Sunday. How are you feeling? Check. Were you like
0: getting worried or were you just like, this, this is okay with them? Man- they're like monitoring me quite well.
1: Yeah, they were monitoring me. And to be honest with you, I always had a feeling that, not that something was going to go wrong, but I was convinced that I wouldn't be going to 40 weeks. Okay. Like, when everyone, anyone would ask me, I'd be like, this baby's going to come at, like, 37, 38 weeks. Mm-hmm. I just had a
0: feeling. And I feel like you do look at your mum's experience. Like I definitely did with my yeah. mum. Like, my older brother was, like, nearly two weeks late, and I thought, 100% I'll go late. Yeah. Um, luckily, I didn't go that late, but I did. And I think you do just think, I am so similar to her. Like, surely I'm going to yeah. have a similar experience. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: so she, when she had me, like, she was in hospital for two weeks before they could deliver me, um, oh watching gosh. her. And, but with my brother and sister, she was fine. So weird. She was absolutely fine. Nothing, she never had any signs of preeclampsia. Are you the youngest? <laughs> Oldest. Oh, how weird. Because that's another thing. They say preeclampsia is more common in your first babies. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, so on the Friday, yeah, they said, go home, come back Sunday. And that weekend was actually the weekend, so I was 28 weeks pregnant, was the weekend that I was going to pack my hospital bag. Because because I am a bit of a control freak and a planner, I just mm. had this mentality of, I want everything done.
0: Yeah, so I think with the, op- uh, the appointments you're having, I don't blame you for thinking, I better just do it just yeah. in case.
1: Yeah. So I remember that Saturday I went, I went out, I went to Boots, I went to Primark, bought loads of stuff in my hospital bag and I hadn't actually packed anything, but I had everything. The Mm -hmm. nursery, you know, we had most things. Um, so yeah. And then on the Sunday I went and it was actually my little sister's birthday. And I remember waking up, I thought, you know what, I'm not going to shower because I need to shower, wash my hair, you know. What, do whatever I needed to do and I was like I'll oh, just run to the hospital quickly get my blood pressure checked come home and just fully get ready for the day
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I hadn't even showered <laughs> so difficult and I went I went to the hospital I didn't take any of my belongings because I was like I'm literally going to be there five minutes they're going to take my blood pressure and I'm going to go home and the hospital's mm-hmm. only 10 minutes away from my house okay I get there this so it's at like 8 30 on a Sunday morning there's no one there like, the, the midwives are just waking up, you know, yeah. it's like a ghost town in there. Yeah. I get in there. She's like, "I'll oh, come through. So, I, you know, sit down, take my blood pressure. And weirdly enough, that that Saturday night, I did not sleep at all. I was up all night. And I just felt really weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I didn't, wouldn't say I felt sick, but I suffered really badly with acid reflux in my pregnancy. mm mm-hmm. And I just thought it was that because I had acid reflux before I was pregnant. Yeah. So I sort of knew what that felt like and I was like, oh, it's just acid reflux. But it was really bad that night um, and it did keep me up quite quite oh. a lot. Mm. And I just thought, oh, it's just acid reflux. So yeah, anyway, I got to the hospital. She took my blood pressure. It was high. She said, okay, like we'll, we'll take it again in 15 minutes. She came back 15 minutes later. It was still high are you feeling any symptoms? You know, have you got a headache that doesn't go away? You're, are you feeling sick? Have you got swelling? I explained that my feet were ever so slightly swollen. She said they don't look swollen, which was what everyone told me. Mm. Um, and then I said, oh, no, but I do have really bad acid reflux, like pain in on my right side, like in my stomach. Mm. And she just looked at me. She went, okay, I'll be right back. Um, she came back with a tablet to get my blood pressure down. It's like a—it's called nifedipine or something.
0: Okay. And
1: it's like um, it brings your blood pressure down straight away. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's like a really strong tablet. Um, and she she looked she said, "We're admitting you because your blood pressure's so high." And I just thought, oh, for God's sake, really?
0: Oh, Can God. You know, was your partner do with it again?
1: you? Yeah, he was with me. Brilliant. Because I just I said to him, you know. Come, to the come hospital with yeah. me. Yeah. Dragged him out of bed. Um, and I just thought, oh, for God's sake, like, and when you're admitted, you have to be there for 24 hours.
0: And oh I thought, no. oh, it's,
1: my sis- it's my sister's birthday. Like, yeah, I've got plans. Really? <laughs> <laughs> literally, I literally said that to her. I was like, I've got plans. Yeah. She said, no, sorry, your blood pressure's like really good. Yeah, it, 180- it was 185 over like 90, which is really we high. We need to get your blood pressure down now. Oh, so they admitted me. They brought a wheelchair over, and I looked at them. like, <laughs> I, I <laughs> could not be for me because like, it was as soon as I mentioned the pain in my stomach. So she brings over this wheelchair. There's like three midwives standing there. They were making like a bit, a bit of a big fuss. And I'm but just sitting so there. Neat, like then
0: you're sat there thinking, oh, I don't have the symptoms for this. Like, yeah. For how I they feel d- they made, does not feel like I need all of you here right now. Do you well, what I Well, mean? I just
1: had, I had no idea. I just thought, God, here we go. My blood pressure's high. Because my urine was fine. They made me do another one. It was fine. So they bring this wheelchair over and she went, oh, hey, we're going to, we're going to take you upstairs. Didn't say, you know, where I was going. I just thought, oh, for God's sake, here we go. I can walk. And she said, no, 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 <laughs> get no. In, get in the wheelchair.
0: What? So oh, I, my God. Yeah. I bet that was so, so bizarre. Like,
1: honestly like looking back and it gets better so they will meet we get to the lift and I said oh where are we going and she said the delivery
0: suite oh my goodness and they hadn't explained to you this is what we're doing at this stage or what we think might happen delivery suite I I, I
1: thought why are we going to the delivery suite she went oh you're going to go to this area it was called the maternity enhanced care unit and I someone described it as it was basically maternity a and e Okay, um, and it's sort of a bay where there was, I think, four or five beds. You get specialist midwives look after you, and it's basically a step up from triage. So when you go there, it's sort of okay. Are you going to be sent home, or are you going to straight to the like in the to the delivery suite, delivery. like the birthing center? Yeah. She went. Okay, here's your midwife. You know, she'll she'll be looking after you. So they wheel me round. Here's your bed. Get in your bed. The midwife comes running over. She's like, I've got your name bands. I'm gonna take more blood, and I, me, and like my partner Lewis were like, just joking around. And I looked at her and I said, What's going on? They made me get in a wheelchair. She looked me dead in the eye, dead serious. She went, Worst case scenario, you're having your baby today. Oh my I laughed, god! I laughed. I laughed in her face.
0: Like I actually fully just like burst out laughing. I bet. I said, "What are you talking about? Yeah, what is going on here? I can't believe they haven't yeah. explained anything else to you at this stage, and you're on the bed in the delivery suite by now." It, honestly, like,
1: I we just what the hell is going on? Yeah. So, she took bloods. Um, she, she and I had my blood pressure checked every fifteen minutes for I think it was about three or four hours. Like I, they did okay. not take my, their eyes off of me. I just thought, they're making a bit of a palaver. What is going on? Why is this fast? So she took... Yeah, they basically just sort of left me to my own devices for two hours mm-hmm. until the bloods came back. Didn't really say much. Kept... um They told me if I needed to go for a wee at any point, I had to wee in, like, you know, the brown Yeah, that's uh, potty. Yeah, they said, <laughs> you need to you need to wee in one of them and you need to tell us how much liquid you're putting into your body. Okay. So how much water you were drinking. They needed to measure, like how much was going taken in how much out was sake. coming out and also testing my urine mm-hmm. so after two hours of just sitting there having my blood pressure taken every 15 minutes the blood's come back and the nurse said you've got um help syndrome and i just said i don't know what that is never heard of it mm-hmm. she said you know it's it's serious still was just a bit i don't know what you're talking about mm. um and then they tested my wee again and I had proteins in my urine. Okay. And they said my bloods had also come back, that I had severe preeclampsia. And what they were concerned about was how quickly... You know, they'd, five days prior, they'd done my bloods. How bad it had gone so quickly, yeah. And she said in five days, how bad... Is it, it going like, to be from now? She said this is serious. Um, and she the midwife, honestly, I'll never forget her. Her name was Jo. She said, if you... Like, you'll be lucky if you've got a week. Yeah. Who what? Till I have the baby. She said, your baby has come in. Oh you'll be lucky gosh. if you have a week. And I just sort of looked at her like, I'm not even... I'm 28... I was 28 weeks and three days pregnant at this point. So it'd be a prim- um, premature... So premature. Yeah. So that day, they basically just monitored me all day. They just...
0: They didn't, like... I was like a hawk. And did watched. they explain to you what Helps was? Like, did you know a bit more no. about the condition or anything?
1: No, because they didn't really understand... It was all a bit sort of... No one really knew what was going on mm-hmm. because of how quickly everything had happened. Had escalated, yeah. Because even when I got there in the morning, there was no sign of protein in my urine. And then two hours later...
0: So mental, how quickly progressed. And I felt fine. Mm. That is what's so strange that you feel fine.
1: So that pain that I said was acid reflux was actually my liver. Oh my gosh. But because I'd had acid reflux, I was like, no, I think it's acid reflux. Yeah. Um, Which is really common in pregnancy as well. Exactly. Mm. Because it was more like in my chest, Mm -hmm. not to the right side. So yeah, they kept checking, have you got this? Have you got that? And I said, no, like, I'm feel fine. So that Sunday night, um, they gave me a steroid injection and they said, you're going to have two of these. And then after your last, they, so you have two, 12 hours apart. And then after the second one, you deliver 24 hours later. And so are so these steroids t- for you or for the baby? For the baby, they're for the lung development. Yeah. Um, they were just like, it's just a precaution. I said, okay, here we go.
0: Hmm.
1: But I, I, I'll do whatever. But I still was just sort of like, this isn't hap-, Like in shock, to be honest. Yeah, and I didn't okay. believe what they were telling me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, Lewis asked the midwife if you know, can he? He's just going to go home for ten minutes, just because yeah, we live ten minutes down the road. He's going to go home and just grab some clothes and stuff because they said you're going to be here the night. And the midwife told him not to leave. She said, I wouldn't leave if I was you.
0: Oh my God! Really, like, oh, no, it's my little sister's birthday. I've got it's plans quite scary, to be doing, isn't it? Like mm. he, they recommend he not leave, doesn't leave you. Yeah, even for twenty and minutes. I re- and I remember him googling it, and
1: he just started crying. Oh
0: my goodness! Like
1: he, he, he's not emotional. I am the emotional mm. one in the relationship. Mm. I, I've never seen him cry like that. And I just sort of was oh sitting. Why are you crying? Like what is get a grip like what's going on and then i remember my mum my stepdad my brother and sister all come in and lewis had left at this point to go downstairs because his mum had shown up and they'd come in and they said lewis is like crying like i've never seen him
0: cry like oh, bless him he's going so said, worried about you
1: but but i was just sort of like it's fine yeah i feel fine nothing's happened like You know they're just being over overprotective and overcautious. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, the whole Sunday I was just watched like a hawk, and then on the Monday they said uh, Monday morning I had my second steroid injection, and then they basically we were just waiting to have a scan because they wanted to check the baby. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, But when they had put me on the straps where they measured the heartbeat and stuff, yeah, um, everything was fine. There was no signs of distress. Everything seemed normal but they said we want to have a scan just to check so we basically just waited around all day for this scan um which I think happened at about four o'clock at this point went for the scan and um everything was fine like the baby looked happy they did say he was measuring on the sixth centile and at my 20 week scan which actually was at about 21 22 weeks he was on the 76th Right, okay. So in that sort of six and a half weeks... His growth has really he, sort of slowed down. Yeah. Um, and we then had to wait around to see a doctor afterwards. And the doctor basically said, this baby is come in. Uh, I've booked a scan for Thursday. I'll be surprised if you have it. Um, and, you know, this is serious. Like Your baby is... You'll be lucky if you have a week, a couple of days they said they will try to keep the baby in as long as physically possible because mm-hmm. a day when you're only 28, 29... Yeah,
0: every single day counts. Makes a huge difference, mm-hmm.
1: huge difference. Um, so, yeah, so then Tuesday morning, um, it was Monday night, early Tuesday morning, the midwife came round, and I honest, I'll never forget it, she looked at me and she went, We don't think you've got help syndrome. Oh my God, yeah. I
0: can't believe this. They
1: took my blood again, and it was in the middle of the night. And so, me and Lewis had been sleeping in this single hospital bed as well at this bless point. You, yeah, because we were just so petrified. Um, honestly, I'll never forget it. It actually makes me quite emotional thinking about it because we were like oh, huddled you. up in this bed. Because we were just so scared. Mm. Um, yeah, Tuesday morning, when they came around to take my blood pressure, they said, oh, we don't think you've got HELP syndrome. But I was half asleep.
0: Yeah. Sounds like so, they were too. Yeah. I was like, What's going,
1: on? <laughs> going back to sleep.
0: Yeah. So the,
1: the, the doctors came around, you know, early in the morning, Tuesday morning, and I said, your levels. So HELP syndrome is basically, uh, let me get this right. Your platelet counts are low and your liver enzymes are raised. And then also you have high blood pressure, Mm -hmm. basically. So my liver enzymes had dropped and my platelets had gone back up. Okay. So they sort of thought, oh, this is strange. We don't think you've got help syndrome now. Because they'd gone back up to
0: sort of... They weren't normal, but... They weren't as severe as they have
1: been. Yeah, because basically what happens is is they just decline and decline and decline. And it will get Mm. to a point where the baby needs to come because this is fatal now.
0: Yeah. Jesus.
1: Um... And they said, oh, you know, if it it continues to go back up, we'll just send you home and you'll just have to come to the hospital for regular checks, you know, twice Mm -hmm. a week. Yeah. I just thought, yeah, whatever. Didn't believe them. I was like, you for two days now have told me I'm having my baby prematurely. I've had steroids to deliver my baby. And I'm, like, very, very unwell on Mm. paper. I don't believe you. And Mm. I didn't. And I'm so glad I didn't because that Tuesday night... I had the same midwife that I had on the Sunday, Jo.
0: Yes. And she had always
1: said to me, If you if anyone ever mentions to you magnesium sulfate, you're having your baby. And basically what it is, is it's like an IV that they give you and it protects let me get this right. I think it protects the baby's brain and your brain from seizures and strokes because your blood pressure's so high. Oh my gosh. And it brings down your blood pressure. And that's basically worst case scenario. You know, if they've all this medication, they've dosing you up with as much medication as they can. Nothing There's only so working. much they can give you. Mm-hmm. Nothing else is working. And she had always said to me on the Sunday, if anyone ever mentions that you're going to be having that, you are having your baby. It's so good and how transparent she was with you. Like, that's what you need. Honestly, I'll never forget her. Like, yeah. she was the only one that was totally honest with me. They make a huge difference, so-
0: women like, uh, or any professional like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they sugarcoat it.
0: Yeah, when you don't um, want, you
1: need to just know the truth. It's your body and your baby. But I also think because everything was so up and down, you know, no one really knew what was going yeah. on. Um, because that's what they sort of said. Like, have you got help syndrome? Have you not? Your bloods here indicate that you do, but then the next day they've gone back up. Yeah, which confusing for
0: don't. them as well, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and they didn't. They didn't know. So, and that's why they wouldn't let me go home. Mm. They were just monitoring me. So Tuesday night, she came round and she was monitoring my blood pressure again. And she said, if this doesn't stabilise, like you're going to have it in the morning. And it got to about 6am just before the changeover. Because mm-hmm. I think the midwife's changed at 7. Yeah. And she she said, you're having the mag they call it. Oh, she cool. said, you're going to have it um, the next midwife when they take over. She's going to take you through to a room and they're going to give it to you. And I remember... Bursting into tears. Aww. Like, that's when it hit me. Couldn't
0: yeah, this ever. is real. It's all right. It was so scary. Did it, you know was, anyone that had had a, a baby that early or anything like that? Or what that was? Funny enough, baby? I actually did. uh One of my family
1: friends, she'd had her baby. I think it was about 23, 24 weeks. I could be wrong. It was really, she had her baby really early. I'm pretty sure she oh could still goodness. have an abortion that early and she'd had it at the hospital like she I'm pretty sure her baby was at one point at that hospital that I was at so I was aware that you know a baby could be born that early Mm -hmm. but also it wasn't easy no one not like you say you know someone but it's one of those things that you never expect to happen to you no and you don't really know anyone but fortunately enough I, I knew someone that had had A baby that early so they took me to the actual delivery suite like an actual room they hooked me up she said i'm gonna put the heart rate monitor on you because you have to monitor your heart rate here's a fan we're gonna put a fan on you here's a wet cloth put it on my head i thought what the hell is going on and one of the midwives has actually told me mag self a lot of women describe it as the worst feeling they've ever had in
0: their life oh my god oh because so it's gonna make you feel really poorly yeah, they basically, the only way I can describe it
1: is you feel like your blood is on fire. Like, your body is burning from the inside. Oh,
0: my And anyone gosh. that would have
1: had it will know that feeling. Like, your body feels like
0: it's horrific. on fire.
1: Because mm. when she was putting this fan on me and this wet cloth on my head and, you know, they monitor your heart rate, I thought, God, they've been so dramatic. Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on? Um, And basically what it is is they inject a dosage in 10 minutes and then they do a second lot and that second lot is over the course of 24 hours. So the first lot is, like, pumped into your body. Jeez. Which is why your body is sort of... Such a reaction to it. Yeah, and then the next lot is over the course of 24 hours. And that Wednesday, so after I'd had that, the doctors had come round and we and they'd taken bloods again and they dropped again to even lower than the first time and the doctor came round and just said look you need to have your baby today that, that we can't they said what was really unusual with me was they can normally predict a trend she's so unstable with, they said your levels are going up down up down we don't know. It's too risky. Your levels, yeah. They basically said your ba- you and your baby's life is at danger. We cannot predict when it's going to get to a point where okay, the baby needs to come out now. Mm-hmm. They said that could be in a week's time. That could be in a day's time. That could be in an hour's time. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Um. So basically, yeah. I that was that was at about eight o'clock. They said you're
0: going to be having a C section today. Um. Oh my gosh, did you have any plan on birthing or anything like that? Or were you just kind of like, whatever needs to be done at this point? At that point, I didn't really have an option. Yeah, It was going to be a
1: C-section. The only thing that we had was, I have metal in my spine, because okay. I had spine surgery when I was 13.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, because of that, they weren't sure whether they were ever going to be able to do like a spinal a spine block. Yeah. And it was something that was sort of being monitored throughout my pregnancy, um, and they just said, no, because you've got metal in your back, straight away it'll be a general. And also oh because goodness. of the severity of the section, it will be a general. But, funny enough, it never I never actually ended up having Oakley that day. There was too many um, emergencies with the neonatal doctors. Okay. And they were just monitoring me every 15 minutes. I was hooked up. The baby was hooked up. I couldn't leave the bed. Mm-hmm. I had the IV in my arm. Every time I needed to like go to the toilet, I would have to pee in a box. Oh, They'd right. have to monitor it. I had this IV in my arm hooked up to a machine. The straps were on. Um, and there was basically a midwife in the room, pretty much 24-7, watching me. And they said um it, we waited around all day like I fasted that whole day mm-hmm. it got to about six o'clock and they said we're really really sorry like nah, it will be tomorrow there was too many emergencies but they said we will monitor you throughout the night if anything changes slightly you are going to be transferred to another hospital to have your baby and they're both brought straight back here
0: okay because the
1: hospital I was at was it was a level level three NICU which is like the highest level I well, suppose they need a whole team
0: ready for you, but also a whole NICU team ready for the baby.
1: Yeah, and um, because of how premature he was, at at this point I was twenty eight and six days pregnant. Because of how premature he was, it's sort of a we can't tell you how your baby's going to be That's until so they come scary. out. Scary, yeah. We your baby could be fine. Your baby not, might not be fine. We we don't know. But I'd had all the precautions, you know, I'd had the steroids, I'd had the magnesium sulfate. It's just a sort of, we've got to see when we take this baby out. Yeah, (sighs) so that night basically didn't sleep. I hadn't slept in about four days. I bet you hadn't. But funny funny enough, though, that night, that Wednesday night, was actually, me, me and Lewis both said the same thing. That was the most calm and at peace we had felt for the last four days. Because we actually knew what was happening. Yeah. We knew that the baby was going to be coming tomorrow. That was 100%. You can somewhat try and
0: prepare yourself for what lies ahead. And
1: yeah. At least you actually know and what's going it. on. Yeah. yeah, and like process it. And, you know, the doctors, the midwife came around and she said, look, I'm going to disconnect you for an hour. Go have a walk around the hospital. Go and get some fresh air outside. Because I hadn't left the hospital bed for four days at this point. And she oh said, goodness. go and get some fresh air. Go and take an hour or so. Um, and you can stay in this room. Like you're going to stay in this room. Base. It was like a. It was a, um, like one of the delivery rooms. So I was on one of those beds. You know the beds where they are like split apart. Yeah. They're that like, in pieces. It's like a jigsaw. It was the most uncomfortable thing ever. Oh, and she said, God. "I'm going to go and get an actual bed for you." Yeah.
0: Um.
1: And you're going to stay here. Leave all your stuff here. And that Wednesday night, same thing was monitored up. Had the IV couldn't leave the bed really and also when you're strapped up you can't really move and it's no, not comfortable. And comfortable no especially when you're and like 28
0: 29 weeks pregnant like
1: the baby's so small as well i had to be really still for yeah. them to be able to find his heart he yeah, so small you. so it was just it wasn't it wasn't the most comfortable experience and then um yeah thursday morning they came round And they said, oh, so, actually I missed out a bit here. Wednesday night, I started to feel a bit unwell. But I was just a bit, not scared to tell them because they told me I was going to be transferred. I also just didn't know if it was in my head at this point because Mm. they kept telling me, you're really unwell, you know, you're dying almost, you could. But I felt fine. Mm-hmm. I just... It's, it's psychologically that, really. Like, yeah, so strange. Yeah, so I just sort of thought, oh, this is a bit strange. And then the midwife came round and all of a sudden she started taking my temperature quite a lot. But I didn't say anything because I was mm-hmm. too scared. Um, and she then started testing my, my urine again. When it got to about 7 o'clock in the morning, I'd actually found out I'd developed a urine infection. Oh, no. Um, if I had a told them that I didn't feel well, I would have been transferred. But because they figured it out at like seven o'clock in the morning that I'd had a urine infection mm-hmm. um they just put me first on the list.
0: They oh, said you're the first
1: Yeah, so they came round, it was about ten o'clock, they said, um yeah, well, you're gonna go down. Um but something that the anise anise I can never say this word. Anisist Anisot. That's it. Him. <laughs> He had come round and sort of introduced himself and said, and I explained, you know, I've got metal in my back. I've always been fully aware that this is going to be a general. He looked at my back and he said, I am happy, if you're happy, to try a spinal.
0: Is that what you wanted as well? To be honest, wasn't fast. I suppose it's not as if you could have him on your chest or anything anyway. I assume they would have just had to take him off straight away to Nikki. I'll be honest, and I don't really think I've ever said this. I actually think in my
1: mind I preferred a general. Yeah. Because if anything was to happen,
0: I would have been asleep. You don't need to cope and deal with it at the time. I wouldn't 100%. have had That's to. That's understandable.
1: But obviously, with a general, Lewis couldn't have been in the room. Yeah. So it was like, am I going to be selfish here and have a general? Not selfish at all. It's and not, not have that fear. Or do I go through it and have him there? But also, it was, we don't know what's going to happen with the baby. Yeah. Do you want to be there to experience that? 100%. It was a a bit of a... And I I was absolutely petrified. Yeah, I bet. So, Um, so scary. And he just said, I'm going to try a spinal. If it doesn't work, I'll put you to sleep. If at any point... this cesarean you want to be put to sleep I will put you to sleep good because I was so scared um and yes we went down I was shaking like absolutely they had to pin my legs down and obviously you have to be dead still Mm. they were literally holding me because I was shaking so much because I think for the first time in like five days I had that that was the the first time it had actually sunk in
0: Mm. So I'm real about now. to be
1: cut open and they're about to take my baby out.
0: Yeah, and become a mum, like which is terrifying enough in on its yeah. own. Let yeah. alone with what is actually gonna lie ahead for me and the baby. Yeah. So, um
1: and also a general with a general is um there's a point where the general then affects the baby. So it's like really they have to get the baby out as quick as possible when you're asleep. Okay. Because I think the baby gets affected by the general. So they he sort of said, in my opinion, A spinal block is better. You are stable. You've been on the magnesium sulphate for 24 hours now, which is the the time they like you to be on it. So I'm going to try. He tried and it worked. Okay. I can't lie, I was terrified.
0: Yeah, but um I bet there was part of you that was thinking, fuck, I wish it hadn't worked (laughs) because I just want to be asleep right now.
1: Yeah. I was... I actually think the caesarean was the worst part. Yeah. It's the smells, it's the, the feeling, the sound. And, and because absolutely of the severity, no control
0: over it at all.
1: No. And there was about 20 people in the room. Yeah. There was a lot of people in the room. Mm-hmm. And because of when your platelets are low, your platelets, I, I believe, um, in, uh, your blood clots. Yeah. And because my platelets were so low, they were really concerned about basically bleeding out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you.
1: And all I remember is the doctor, like the surgeon, kept saying, have we got blood? Have we got blood? And he basically, I remember, they had to have blood right next to him in case at any point I was about to bleed out Jeez. because of my platelets were so low. So they, it wasn't a, is there blood in the room? The blood needed to be right next to him. The screen was so high up, like Lewis couldn't see over it. You know, sometimes the partners can see over it. He wasn't allowed. It was it was high up. Within about five minutes, the baby was out. Um, and I just remember someone shouting, "Baby's out!" Obviously, he. I was fully aware that they told me he probably isn't going to cry.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, like the chances of him crying are so low. I just remember hearing "baby's out" and then like rushing off to the side. Oh my god. Um, and in that moment, it was like, is he okay?
0: Yeah. Because... So they're not saying anything he, at this point. You can't hear, no, hear and you was, can't see.
1: And you could feel the tension in the room at that point. Yeah. It was then when the baby was out, you could fear it. And I said to Lewis, and I also said to the anesthetist, I said, you need to keep talking to me. Tell me what's because happening. Because I'm going to pass out if you yeah. don't keep talking. Because also, I'm not good with hospitals. Mm-hmm. like it I am like my dad passed out when I was born my oh mum had a cesarean God. with me and my dad fainted and they just left him on the floor <laughs> Like I, and I, I, that's like ingrained in me like yeah I'm terrible with hospitals blood everything and I just kept remember saying to them you need to keep talking to me because mm. I will like faint and then I, th- I think it was about four or five minutes
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I don't know if that's because of when you're waiting for your baby to cry.
0: Time goes stand still, I bet.
1: It was a while though. Um and he let out this like f- scream. It's almost like a dinosaur. Is oh the only way I could describe it. It was like a Um dumb one. And then I could hear the doctor talking to him, like, come on, give me another one. And then he let out another one. And then it was, and then it was like almost another one and then he full blown started crying. Um
0: and oh it was like, goodness. you could
1: hear the relief in the room. Like, everyone was like, okay, oh, the baby's fine. Well the, well, the baby's alive. He's breathing, yeah. He's breathing. Um, and then, obviously, yeah, they stitched me up.
0: Oh, I bet that's that was the longest best noise you have ever heard. It was. But also, then you still don't but, know what's going on. Like, that doesn't mean much at this stage, does it, I suppose? And because, also, I hadn't seen him mm. at this point. I didn't,
1: you know, my baby's supposed to be inside of me. Like, what? This isn't... Like, it is that even my like baby? It almost feels... Yeah. yeah. So after about 10 minutes, I think, it's all a bit of a blur, they brought him over. And they, they brought him over and he was in this plastic bag. And his head, I'm not joking, was the size of a tennis ball. Oh,
0: my God. It was the
1: tiniest thing I've ever seen. And his face was all swollen and puffy because they'd had to use forceps to get him out. Oh, bless him. Which I, I don't understand, because he was 2 pounds five. So he was tiny. tiny. And they brought him over, and I remember looking at him, and I was like, oh, his face is so squishy. They took a picture, and they took him away. And that was probably about 10 seconds, if that. Oh, my God. Um, And, yeah, and then they stitched me up, took me to recovery. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see him until... So that was at about half ten, eleven. I didn't see him until I think it was about six, half six that night. And even then, I couldn't really. He was in an incubator. I was in a wheelchair. Nothing motivates you more to get out of bed after a C-section than going, like wanting to go and see your baby, yeah. basically for the first time. Um I tried twice. The first time I nearly passed out, didn't make it. The second time, they basically was like, we're going to just basically shimmy you into this wheelchair um, and wheel you over there. But because I'm really short mm-hmm. and they had the wheel, the incubator on, like the lowest setting, and because I was in a wheelchair and obviously but when you have a C-section, up. you can't, like, mm. I had to use my phone to, like, look at oh him my God. because I couldn't see him. Because he was so small and, like, buried in there. It was sort of like up here in my eye line. I couldn't see him, so I had to use my phone. And there is actually a picture of me looking at him through my phone because I couldn't.
0: That is so heartbreaking, isn't it? Um, I bet you just want to give yourself a big hug like that person now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I honestly still can't believe it happened to me. Sometimes, um, yeah, and it. I was only in there for about, I think I was in there for about three minutes. Met the met the doctors looking after him, like the nurses, the doctors. Um, they asked how I was. Saw him. Obviously, all the machines are going, making beeping noises. His heart rate, breathing. And I said to Lewis, I was like, I need to get out of here. Like, like I think, I just remember looking at him and thinking, that's not my baby. Yeah. My baby's supposed to be inside of me. That's a baby. That's that's not my baby. Um, and they and then said, you know, you need to start harvesting some colostrum. Like yeah, to I was gonna say expressing. And expressing. You've been
0: doing that at all?
1: No, because
0: I was only 28 29 yeah. When I was pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not supposed to. And I was thought, weeks. And I just
1: remember thinking, like, does my body
0: produce that?
1: Yeah, like, is that even come
0: out? How do I even and do
1: said, this? Honestly, and I, uh, they said, yeah like keep going it might take a bit a couple more days but keep going Mm -hmm. i don't think my milk came in until day five
0: and had they given any sort of i don't prognosis of his state of how he was doing what they needed to do for him to be be healthy
1: well when we got there um the doctor that was in the delivery like in the uh, theater she came over and she basically said he came out in the best way he could have came out. Oh, brilliant! Um, which was amazing. Like he wasn't on a ventilator; he mm-hmm. was breathing on his own. He had, um, it's called Vaportherm. and it's it's basically there's um a substance in your in your lungs that stops them sticking together.
0: I okay. think it's called
1: surfactant, I believe, um, and it stops your lungs sticking together. It's almost like fairy liquid. They basically always used to say to me, mm-hmm. and Basically, when they're that premature, they don't have enough of that. So their lungs stuck together. Got you. So what they basically do is, he was breathing on his own, but he needed a bit of help to stop his lungs sticking together. Basically, Um, and yeah, like he he, I think at that point he did he he went into respiratory distress afterwards and took a step backwards, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they said. That's that's not expected, but it's fine like at normal. this moment. Um, and he was on a machine called CPAP um, for about twelve hours, and then after that, he was breathing on his own again. Um, what a so they did kind you, of, honestly.
0: It,
1: it's so hard to explain. The feeling of like seeing these tiny, tiny babies, and they've got all these wires, mm. all these tubes, these machines. Oh, it's like I space-
0: wouldn't wish it upon um, my worst enemy. It's awful.
1: You wouldn't, and also it's 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 the weirdest feeling. Like you, you I can't explain the feeling of standing there, looking at this baby that.
0: You, I'll be honest, you don't feel like it's yours.
1: I was like, gonna I say, did you have sort of
0: thinking, an impact on your bond for that first period? Like Definitely. I honestly would say,
1: I reckon about two weeks. No. <laughs> sorry. I would say about two weeks. I just remember looking at him and it wasn't until um, three days after that I got to hold him.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, when did you get to hold him? Um, three days
1: old. He Three days after. And even then, I held him for about half an hour, and he went straight back in the incubator. Lewis didn't get to hold him till day four. Because they're so small and, and tiny, like, it's it's a lot for them. And also, the incubator's set at such a high temperature. It was like a sauna when you opened the doors, because obviously it's so warm inside of warm. you. Was he naked in there with, like, a little nappy? Yeah, or? just so a nappy. And I think the incubator's at, like, 38, 39 degrees. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, he didn't get to wear clothes until he was seven weeks old. And what were they feeding like, Were they feeding him through a tube at this point? tube, yeah. So, in the beginning, he had, like, a drip. Um, it went, like, up his arm um, and into his, near his heart. Mm-hmm. And it was basically all his essentials, fats, vitamins, minerals, and stuff. Yeah. And then after a couple of days, they started introducing breast milk. But because my milk hadn't come in yet, they said, Are you happy to use donor breast milk? And I said, Yep. Yeah, Amazing that they had that. That's great. Yeah. Um, and they said, Obviously, as soon as your milk comes in, obviously, he was so small, he wasn't having a lot. He was having like 20, 30 meals. And how was that like, being fed? To
0: him? For a, for a tube. For a tube, got you.
1: Um. So he was tube-fed properly. Um, well, basically, I didn't start to breastfeed until he was eight weeks old.
0: Oh, my gosh. And that must um, have been hard, the transition of... I think sometimes... still they use, like, cotton, putting it on cotton bud and then putting it to their mouth to try yeah, and get... Yeah, they can to... do.
1: Yeah. Though we tried latching him a couple of times because they... Start developing like the suck swallow reflex. I think it's when they're about thirty four weeks. Mm-hmm. um So we would try and latch him, but he just he was so small, tiny. Because yeah. he was he was tiny for his sort of gestation as well, and he was quite behind. We'd had a few setbacks where um, there was about three or four times where they sort of thought, oh, we think he's got an infection. We think he's got sepsis. Put him on antibiotics, start all of these treatments, and it would always come down to he's just really small and yeah. really do like because their weight makes a huge difference for them. Mm. Um, that's their
0: reserves, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So he was just getting really tired. Like the babies get really tired very quickly. So that's why, like, getting them out and holding them is is a lot for them. For them. It's very sort of overwhelming because they need all their energy that energy, they get yeah. to breathe and. Like even to beat their heart, like it takes they a lot get of
0: their energy. They give them ca- they give them caffeine. Oh my gosh, to, I didn't know yeah, that, they, like that.
1: Yeah, they give them caffeine to like stimulate their brain to
0: remember wow. to beat their heart and
1: breathe and things like this. It's it's.
0: I bet you have learned so much. Yeah. It's just and just to take wild, you back one step. So you yeah. had your cesarean when? When were you? Um, What's the word I'm looking for? When did you leave hospital or could you stay the whole time with him?
1: So they'd always sort of told me you're probably gonna be here for about five days after you've had your cesarean mm-hmm. because of the risk of eclampsia okay which is where your blood pressure is still Afterwards. high and you, you, <laughs> Got you're you. still at risk of seizures and strokes. so um, that so my blood pressure had started to stabilize they put me on some medication. And it actually got to day three. It was on a Sunday. And the doctor came round and said, you can go home. But because I'd had the mentality of I'm going to be here for five days Mm because they need to watch me. And because of the severity of the situation and, you know, my levels going up and down and they were really confused, they sort of said, we're going to keep you here for five days just to be safe. So on the Mm -hmm. Sunday, the doctor came round and said, oh, you can go home now. I just sort of thought, this is a bit strange. And my blood pressure had spiked the day before, like the night before. And they'd had to like give me stronger medication, so I, I wouldn't just, want to go was, home at that point. I'd be like, I didn't. To be honest, I didn't want to go home because mm. I didn't want to leave the hospital without him. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. You you come back home. That was the first time I'd been home in a week without him. You'd see at all his all. things. You'd see all his. You walk in and you see all his things. And it's like, I don't even know if I'm ever going to bring this baby home. So scary. And just,
0: yeah, it's just, it's just like you're robbed of that experience that you picture when you get pregnant. And like bringing your newborn home and laying with them in bed and on the sofa. Like you just don't, you're just totally robbed of any of that. It's heartbreaking.
1: Yeah.
0: And like,
1: you know, I did get to have a baby shower. And it's no. funny because I didn't really want a baby shower, but because I'd had the mindset of I might only have one The option would be baby, nice. <laughs> yeah, I just sort of thought like, oh, I'll have a baby shower because mm. if I don't have another baby, which I didn't think I would, I would regret not having one. Yeah. Never got to have it. Um, you never got that like nesting. No, and,
0: no, no. Never got to when you go off work a few weeks before you're due and just resting yeah. at home and
1: and like we'd had arranged like we'd told each other okay we're going to have as many date nights as possible now because at that point we hadn't really you know life was still sort of very normal. much it normal it hadn't really sunk sunk in yet that we were having a baby to be honest yeah so we'd sort of said okay from about thirty weeks we'll start having like date nights every week and make more of an effort almost to sort of enjoy the last few weeks yeah, together just us our last few weeks together was spent in the hospital not knowing if me or the baby was even gonna yeah. make it like that's so unfair and it's funny because i have to joke about it's like laugh about it sometimes because it, i just sometimes i just cannot
0: believe that that actually happened to me mm. it's just shit to be honest it's... You to put it bluntly it's just bloody crap and it's just unlucky. It's just so unlucky, so unfair. Mm. Like it's no one's fault. It's just one of those no. cruel, cruel things that can happen. No, but you do blame yourself. You sit there and you. Oh, no. like I would sit
1: there and I would sit there and think of something I did ten years ago. Is that what caused me this happen? Like your mind, because at the end of the day, and that's what I, I'll never forget. That the doctor said to me, "Your baby is fine inside of you. It's you,
0: oh, your geez. body."
1: Your body is this baby needs
0: to come out because you could die. Like it's that, not anything you've done at all, ever, no, no.
1: but I you know can't that.
0: help how you feel. Yeah,
1: you can't, you can't help but blame yourself. No, bless you. Um, because at the end of the day, it is your body that grows your baby, and for them, like it was my body that was sick. It wasn't even him; mm. he he was happy in there. He was just small. He just wasn't growing properly but it was me that my body he had to come out because of me
0: um and that but also like with you've you. grown him from mm. absolute scratch and like look at him now yeah. and how amazing like your body did that too like yeah. sure it may have been really poorly yeah. but it's done absolutely amazing things as well
1: mm. yeah and i'll be honest we were really, we're the lucky ones like there are some babies in there that they don't come home yes yeah, um, oh it's awful. And, you know, that are really, 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 really poorly. That um, you see some things in there that just you, you wouldn't want to see to anyone. No. Let alone the most tiny, vulnerable babies that mm. have literally just come into this world and are mm. going through so much. And it really affects you. Yeah. Like, yeah. it really... It, it I just can't explain like it, it's it's really hard to describe and, under, and and explain unless you've been through it which mm-hmm. is in any situation in life you know unless you've been through it you can't understand but these tiny babies and there are babies in there that are like 23 twenty four weekers that're oh, like okay. 500 grams yeah five like they're tiny he was a kilo so that they're like, they're like a pound and they are hooked up to so much
0: yeah it puts everything into perspective doesn't it it's so so scary you learn a lot yeah you
1: learn a lot about yourself you learn a lot about you know what is actually important
0: Important in life. totally yeah nothing health is absolutely everything no,
1: yeah Nothing is more important in life than your health. Mm. Um, and I definitely am one to say that I took it for granted. And I also think took. We, I think, yeah, I think. unless I think you, you don't have, have
0: it. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it's not something you can when, buy.
1: No, you can't. And it, especially, got the son. Especially when you see the tiniest babies, you know, going through all of that. Mm. And they've just made their way into this world. It. It just it it changes you. It, mm. it it honestly changes you as a person. Yeah. I bet. Um. And I just think some of the things you see in there, I'll never forget them. They all the doctors running in, and they started performing emergency surgery on a twenty-five-week-old baby. Oh my gosh. Two two meters away from me. Because it's sort of like you, you don't have me, to leave like, because. No, because it's also like, you know, they said you don't have to leave because obviously we're not going to say you need to leave your baby. but Also, do you want to stand, sit here and... See that anyway? No
0: way. Yeah, we're like, no, we walked out. Bless said you. I don't want to see it. Um, and so how was... Yeah. You, you were living back at home. Were you going in and seeing him every
1: day? Yeah, so thankfully, like, the hospital he was in is only 10 minutes away from my house. Yeah. So we would... Um, and Lewis was off work for about two weeks, um, afterwards and we would just get up, go to the hospital, sit there. And obviously I was also recovering from a C-section. Yeah. Oh. Nothing, it's not, nothing's humbling more than having to like physically get up and get out your house every single day when you've been sliced open. Oh my gosh. Um, you, you don't, I think I definitely, re- it took me a lot longer to recover because mm-hmm. of that, because... You can't rest.
0: No, not I resting at all. I felt guilty.
1: Like, if I wanted to sit at home or, like, lay in, I felt guilty. I was like, why am I – I yeah. need to be at the hospital with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, we were getting up, going to the hospital. I was also pumping um, eight to ten yeah. times, like, every three hours, all through the night. Um, oh, God,
0: it's intense was, as well. I was a
1: full-time cow. Is the only yeah, I no, could it's, <laughs> but it's so intense. It, it's, it's a lot. Um yeah, and we would just go there and just sit with him.
0: Um, and I bet there's nothing we really can do either. And just sat there is. and just Sorry, I was just saying say just... there's hardly anything you can do, you're trying to just sat there watching him. You sit there, you watch, um, you get him out
1: for like an hour or so, he goes back. You can change his like, that they, they try and get you involved, so we would change his nappy, we would mm. like clean his face, um yeah, there's, there's not much really, to do. And also, you see, it's very hard to bond. Like, like I said, you, you sit sitting there looking at this baby. And I just... So tough. I could not physically believe that that was my baby. I was like, yeah. you are supposed to be inside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, Or if not I'm inside,
0: s- on my chest, all the time, 24-7. All the time, yeah.
1: Mm. And... Um, Yes, yeah, so we did that for nine weeks. He was there.
0: Gee, such um, a long time.
1: Sixty-four days. It was. It was a long time, um, and it is the most up and down
0: roller coaster. Yeah, constantly things changing.
1: It's always like one step forward, four steps back. Yeah, always. Um, but he did really well. Like he. Awesome we were really really lucky he did so well um he has a few sort of you know it, it doesn't just end once you're discharged there's yeah a lot no, of, like, i think i've going. seen on
0: your tiktok or instagram like you going for an appointments afterwards and things yeah i think we tiktok and everything by the way so everyone can yeah. go and see you guys thank you
1: yeah it's it's not um it's definitely not easy mm. um and like you said, it's definitely not I Don't what. It's definitely not what you ever picture yourself no. having
0: or wanted um, to be on. And like that's okay. No. That you, that's not no. how it. You wanted things to happen, and it's probably so disappointing and disheartening. It is.
1: It is cause, and like I said, when you say you blame yourself, you almost feel like you've not just let yourself down and your baby down. This is the thing I really struggle with. You feel like you've let your whole family down because, so, like, my mum couldn't hold him until he was, I want to say he was, like, seven, eight weeks old. Oh, bless you. Like, and not, like, my little sister, and this really broke my heart. So, in there, um, you were allowed two people at his bedside at all times. There had to be one parent there. So, only really one person was allowed to come in. Mm-hmm. um so so people would sort of like you know our, our family would come and we'd take them in and they would stand there for sort of 10 minutes see him have a look and then go back out because we basically lived at the hospital 24 7
0: yeah we
1: didn't do anything else if we were at home we were resting and sleeping and mm-hmm. um we didn't really have a life no our yeah. life was at the hospital mm-hmm. but you had to be over 18 oh bless my her little sister's she's 13 not... oh. she was the only Person that wasn't allowed to come and visit. Um, That's awful. She she does she she that she, she struggled to come and visit me a couple of times in the hospital because she's not great with hospitals. So I know she would have struggled anyway. But it's it's the thought of she couldn't even come in and see him. Um. So yeah, she yeah, got a bit she like got you the imagine first when
0: you like you get so excited about your family coming round to meet your baby and like everyone yeah. coming over and you don't even. You don't get that anyway until, I guess, you get home. But, like, what, nine weeks later? Like, it's just
1: mm.
0: it's just rubbish. And I'm so yeah. sorry to it's be stolen of that experience. okay. It's just unlucky. Yeah. It's the only, yeah. And, I, I mean. You do some luck. I, <laughs> and I I the luck was that, that he's great now and, you know. Yeah. But and it, I, you're I, still I, allowed I really to grieve that time
1: yeah I truly believe that everything happens for a reason I'm just trying to find what that reason is yeah Tell me a what, sign. Is the good, yeah, what is the good that yeah. comes out of this bad situation no I, mean, I haven't he's the most beautiful baby um, and he is so chilled out um, he is like a little angel yeah probably nothing um, will phase him now after everything that he's had to deal with <laughs> No probably not
0: Bless him.
1: um but yeah it's I just got unlucky, so the only way I can die, it, and it's sort of if it happens to you, it's just yeah, that you just wouldn't wish it upon anyone,
0: no,
1: and like you say you wouldn't even wish it upon your worst enemy like no, it's it just so
0: awesome.
1: and I think I think what makes me sad the most is that. It happens to such a small percentage of people, and it's sort of like, and and sort of. You mentioned the TikTok thing. The reason I started posted on TikTok was purely because I wanted someone to find that I could relate to, because I to you and talk to, and be like,
0: "God, I'm feeling like this." Feel, and-
1: yeah, and because it's not a normal feeling, and like even an example was people were bringing us gifts, like new baby gifts. Mm-hmm. I would bring them home and put them in his nursery and I closed the door.
0: Yeah. I didn't
1: touch them because it, as, hor- like, as awful as this sounds, I was like, why are we celebrating?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not even at home.
1: He's not at home. And I'll be honest, we didn't even know if he was going to make it. Mm. So it almost feels like jinxing it,
0: like I don't want to...
1: Yeah. Yeah. Bless um, you. And, just, and I, I felt like a horrible person feeling like that
0: no I, there's but it's, absolutely no right way to, or wrong way to feel
1: no um, no and the thing with the TikTok is it's you know you'll be very surprised at
0: how many people actually can relate to how you're feeling and um, I feel like um, with mums especially like because you're cooped up so much inside a lot of the time sometimes social media that on a day is like the only way you will speak to another adult or another mum that's yeah. in the same boat so yeah, I think it can yeah. be really helpful and useful to be able to talk to other people in the same boat yeah
1: and I think also I think it's also shedding some light on you know not everyone's journey is this picture perfect you know this newborn bubble with their yep. beautiful baby going and meeting mum friends and having coffees and you know living their life off a, for a year off work mm-hmm. like not everyone's life is that like some no people have a, a shit time
0: <laughs> absolutely um, and like there's a huge scale as well like your scale being horrendous but then other people that come home and have like postpartum depression and are miserable yeah. for weeks you know like yeah. it's not it's probably very absolutely. rarely that picture perfect um, situation and I do think social media is very um, glamorized so much
1: massively I thought mm. I was going to be you know out every day yeah doing whatever I was doing with my perfect baby yeah my life could not be further from that. Yeah, no. I but think... it, really could, it really couldn't. No, of
0: course. Um, bless you. So um, how was it taking him home? <laughs>
1: it, I'll be honest, taking him home was the best day of my life.
0: Oh, bless you. It wasn't the
1: way, the day he was born wasn't the, and and that's another thing. I feel like unless you've been through it, you'd understand. Like he, The day he was born, I can't really sit here and say it was the best day of my life.
0: The day I took it him, it was home not was enjoyable at all. Really, because no. you didn't even know if he was no. going to be okay.
1: No, um, um,
0: the day the day I took him home, and we didn't baby. actually,
1: we didn't actually. That when I woke up that day, I did not expect to be going home and sleeping next to him that night. Uh, it was it was all a bit of a a shock. Yeah, um, because we thought he was going to need oxygen to come home, mm-hmm. um, and he ended up not needing the oxygen and the doctors were like you can take him home if you want
0: oh my I god just remember,
1: I just remember looking at her like are you are joking? You joking? <laughs> are you being serious? so yeah. we like ran home I'd been staying in the hospital at this point for four days to try and get breastfeeding going
0: Yeah,
1: um, because they had to be fully fed or not with a tube independently 20, yeah and gaining weight So Mm -hmm. I'd been in the hospital, staying there for four days at this point. And yeah, that morning, um, it was about three o'clock. They came round and they just said, you can take him home if you want.
0: That is Um, so surreal. So we literally, I've
1: never, so fast, got in the car, drove home, grabbed the car seat, (sighs) frantically tidied my house (laughs) and went straight back to the hospital. And it was the feeling of like actually taking him mm. out of the hospital. It was... No feeling would
0: ever beat that. It was the Bless best day of you. my life. And had um, your bond and um, got much better by then? And did you feel much yeah. more bonded?
1: Yeah, so when he came off of um, all his sort of, like, oxygen... He was still on oxygen, but, like, the, the more sort of complicated breathing supports. Because mm-hmm. when you would pick him up and get him at the incubator, there were so many wires... He had like yeah. sensors on his feet. He had the ones on his chest. He had the Yeah, the oxygen, you can't really hold
0: the and cuddle properly at all.
1: Well, I had to ask a nurse really to get him out because yeah. it was just it was a lot. Too much. So when he came off of um, he went to just oxygen. He had just the tubes around his face, the feeding tube, and then a sensor on his on his foot. Um, and that was a lot easier. And when I was able to sort of get him in and out myself, and then when he also moved into a cot and I could dress him, yeah, um, I would I remembered like sort of going He'd just be his day. mum and
0: doing normal mum things, yeah, yeah. And I,
1: I still couldn't breastfeed at this point, um, so I was still tube feeding him, but just the little things of being able to get him dressed,
0: yeah, and like special. you know I would
1: pick his outfit out. Not that we had many clothes because he was only about three and Tiny. a half pounds, yeah. <laughs> So it was the same sort of white white basic outfits every day, but it was just nice being able to like take them in and get him dressed every day and get him out for cuddles. It was a lot easier. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, and then by the end of it, yeah, once we started breastfeeding and um,
0: it all clicked.
1: Yeah, and then when when we brought him home it was I just remember laying there in the night just staring at him and he was in, in his little bedside crib. He was he was just the tiniest thing I've ever seen.
0: How much did, did he weigh understood. when you went back, when
1: you went home? I think he was about five pounds.
0: Bless him. Teeny, tiny. I think it was about five pounds. Yeah, but so, also, he five so he was two pound five when he was born. so well. Like, yeah.
1: Amazing. Yeah, he did really, really well. So yeah, I just remember he was just the tiniest... Little bob. Little little bundle of joy. Bless um, him. And so good. he was just an angel. He just loves to sleep. I do. <laughs> that, literally. Honestly. And, and that's, do you know, it's so funny because I.
0: Do you know what? You deserve like, that. Like you deserve a sleeper. That,
1: yeah. I always, I, always, I always tell myself, I'm like, maybe that's the good that came out. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. No, that, you
0: fully deserve that. I'll tell you I
1: that. fully have been blessed with the most angelic baby. And and yeah, no, people you, used to comment in that, the actually. hospital. <laughs> they just used to sort of sit there and just be like, Because at that point, when you've been there for nine weeks, you know all of the nurses. Everyone knows who he is. Because I think when we get week seven and a half, we'd been there the longest in the whole unit at this point. So everyone knew us.
0: Yeah.
1: And whenever anyone had Oakley, they were like, oh, I know Oakley. He's an angel. He's fine. He's no trouble. You'd never hear a peep out of him. Like, he was just so content. And they'd always used to be like, God, he's so chilled out. Like... He's and also how cute he is. I remember one of the doctors come round. She was like uh, uh, assessing him, and she just was like, "He's, he's a such a beautiful one. baby." <laughs> and I just sort of looked at him, I was like, "Thanks." Yeah,
0: he's mine. Just
1: like he's really, really cute. But yeah, I think going through that, the outcome is we have he's yeah, just yeah. No, such, you've earned it absolutely, um, and that definitely helps. Yes, with the with your emotions and processing everything. Being able being to, able to. Good. but um, then I would say, you know, there's there's a lot of ang- like health anxiety is a big yeah, thing. I bet it doesn't just leave re-
0: the minute you leave the hospital.
1: No, I remember staring at him for about like I wouldn't even walk out of the room without him. Like if I needed to go to the toilet or something, I would take him with me because I was so terrified he would stop breathing. Yeah. Um and like you just we would check him twenty four seven just check he was breathing and that was hard because he has like lung problems yeah of course yeah so that was (sighs) so scary yeah um i would only say it's probably only about now though, that it's started
0: to Uh, ease off a little bit yeah bless Um, you but yeah no he he is an angel (gasps) oh well thank you so much for sharing um i think it would be so nice for women who Or maybe in the same position as you were in hospital and not knowing what's gonna happen and if they could maybe listen to this and be like, Okay, well, you know, that's what might happen and be able to deal with it. Um and know what might be a layer head for them. So um yeah, thank you for being so honest. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Birth Story Podcast. Next week I chat to Emma. After planning a home birth and having to be transferred into hospital after pushing for a really long time at home, we talk about the trauma she felt over not having the birth that she had hoped for. But ultimately, we speak about how in love she is with motherhood and the understanding of now that the little control that we have in getting there. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. So, next week, I chat to Emma. After planning a home birth and having to be transferred into hospital for pu- and pushing for a really long time at home, we talk about the trauma she felt over not having the birth that she had hoped for, but ultimately how in love she is with, her motherhood, with motherhood. Oh, for fuck's sake. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Birth Stories podcast. Next week, I chat to Emma. After planning a home birth and having to be transferred into hospital, we talk about the trauma she felt of not having the birth that she had hoped for. But ultimately how in love she is is she is with motherhood and the understanding of the little control we have in getting there. Have a great week.